0: We're pleased to bring you our feature presentation. How's it going and welcome to the Standing Idly By podcast. My name is Dermot Daisy O'Brien, happy to be back with you again, trying my best not to stand idly by, trying my best also not to be so judgmental and frustrated about What appears to be a lot of standing idly by around the world. But anyway, welcome to the second episode of my series of reflections about what it is, how it is, what it means to be a local politician here in Ireland. So, in today's episode, I want to talk about failure. Now, failure is probably a word that sends absolute shivers down the spine of every elected politician on earth. But as someone who comes from a sector and or sectors, such as the youth work sector, the community sector and education, for me, I carry a notion around failure that suggests it's an opportunity for reflection and insight. And also maybe a reminder that what we expect to happen, what we hope will happen, what we want to happen may not actually happen in the moment that you want it, even in the moment that you need it. So you manage accordingly. You take it on board, you take the hit, you learn from the experience, you adapt, you adjust. Um, but it's never just seen as a something to avoid, something to hide from, something to ignore, uh, something absolutely not to be shared with anyone else, um, which is obviously, by contrast, in the political arena, it feels like failure is something that you absolutely must hide at all costs, because the flip side of failure is often the end of a political career <laughs> or an absolute slaughter in the media or from opponents, even colleagues, Um So I really want to unpack this concept and see whether there is any wriggle room for failure in politics to be something that is generative. And by that, I mean something that we can utilize as a way of growing and evolving and improving how we do politics at local level and how we do it as individuals as well as collectives. Like, is there a notion out there that a group of elected members sitting on a council together from opposing parties with opposing ideologies, is there any idea in our minds that suggests that that group can say, we all collectively accept the failure of this institution to do A, B, or C, and that we own that together rather than trying to find who we can land it on, who is the the easiest target. Or, if we're being 100% honest, who is the most appropriate target? For whom will we gain more currency if we lay the blame at the feet of an opponent or, or a politician who we are competing with in the arena? So I really want to unpack this. I want to explore whether me as an individual can create space for sharing my failure in a way... ...or my failures... ...in ways that... ...build a connection with the electorate... ...with the constituents... ...with the general public... ...whereby they might actually... (laughs) ...and maybe this is all... ...notions and idealism... ...but I wonder... ...would the electorate... ...consider it... honourable on some level... ...or consider it... ...authentic on some level... ...if a politician such as myself is saying... ...do you know what... There are more people who I have been trying to support in terms of housing needs this year that didn't end up getting a house than those that did because it's an ongoing piece of advocacy work. And yes, that represents failure. So if someone comes to me with an expectation, a hope, a dream, an ambition that their housing needs will be met because of the intervention that I might do on their behalf and that doesn't happen, on some level, that's failure. Uh, the way I see it is that it's an ongoing piece of work whereby I am building a connection with an individual or a family and trying to advocate on their behalf so that when the time comes or when an opportunity presents itself, that they are ready for the allocation of a house from from a local council. But yeah, the truth of the matter is that more often than not, that obviously that doesn't happen overnight Um, And that doesn't happen just because you ask. It doesn't even happen because you're entitled to it. And the reality as well is that we are working within a system that is not of my design, but a system within which I have to operate. It's also a system that isn't so easily accessible or understandable for people who are vulnerable, people who are struggling, people who are in need. And ultimately, it's a system that is designed by those who are in power and that is not me and it's not my party and therefore we must operate in a system that is not doesn't represent the ideology that we have about let's say the issue of housing the way that we would see housing delivered in ireland is fundamentally different to the current government and therefore i have to be honest about operating within a system that is not of my design and that's that's the reality of it that is not something that i can avoid and yet i still must be committed to the effort committed to trying committed to working with people and be committed to doing all of that with integrity so my question is always about can a politician operate with integrity and at the same time hide from their failures let me give you three examples of ideas that I'm trying to implement that aren't there yet. And I say yet, which is probably the most loaded word in that sentence because who knows. The reality is is that I haven't successfully managed to have these three ideas fully implemented and therefore that represents a failure. Um number one is participatory budgeting, which is a model that seeks to include The general public in decision making around allocation of funds and it's an exciting for me it's it's a very exciting model because it says okay we have a pot of money here there's maybe three or four options what do you think um the money should be allocated to and, and wh- why I like it a lot is because it's it, there's something in there about involving and engaging with people, but it's also about collective responsibility when it comes to the decision, the final decision. Maybe it's decided by a majority, but then people at least get a sense that they were involved in the decision making or chose not to be involved. Otherwise, you find sometimes in, in local democracy where a decision is made in an office and it's implemented and then the general public are like, why did you do that? that that's we don't think that's priority we don't think that is the best idea that's ever been implemented and why didn't you ask us so that's something i'm really passionate about and i will continue to advocate for my second example would be our local authority our council our county council becoming a trauma-informed organization Trauma-informed practice is something I'm very, very passionate about and I think is a real game changer when it comes to how we operate and how we operate with those who are the most vulnerable in our communities and particularly those who may be trauma survivors. So it's something that was, again, I presented it, I pitched for it, it was accepted passively more so than actively and it hasn't been implemented yet and that's an ongoing challenge for me. And the third example I would give is around deliberative democracy, which is another model, which again includes people in decision making and includes them in a way that is purposeful, meaningful and equips them to be part of decision-making and the, the the thinking around decision-making so that a group of people come together when a big decision has to be made in a the community, they deliberate, and that's where deliberative democracy comes from. They deliberate over time and they are challenged to find common ground, to make compromises, and to ultimately design a proposal that is presented um, to the powers that be and which will hopefully inform Um, good decision making at the end of a process so that's also something that hasn't been implemented yet and therefore on some level is a failure so there's three examples um and of course i could sit here and say and spin it and suggest that they're not failures dermot that's you striving for change and you know we all must overcome obstacles on our journey towards change and that's not failure <laughs> and but but look, if I'm being honest, um these particularly these three items for me are are success criteria. This is what I want to implement. this is where I see positive change in in local democracy. So if they are not achieved in my five year term, then that's failure um and yeah, I'm, I'm three years in. And they're not achieved yet. And I could tell you and sit here and tell you all the l- successes and all the things I'm associated with. And again, pitch and spin some of the good stuff. And that's grand. And and I hope people notice that. And and I hope people appreciate the trying. But I think as a politician, it's important also for me to be able to say, yeah, that I haven't succeeded there yet. And it's disappointing and frustrating and and I might even share with you where I think and where I want to pinpoint the frustrations and where I think the barriers might be to implementation of that stuff but still um if I was if I was just not talking about it because I haven't achieved it yet then I think people are missing out on what it really means to be in a political system where there are multiple hurdles barriers um And challenges that must be navigated. And along the way, I think, in my view, um, there's something about sharing where we're at and what that represents for us and even giving people permission to say, yeah, that's also failure for me. So let's try and find a way to turn that into success. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hopefully it was uh, interesting and stimulating. Join us for the next episode in my reflections on what it is, what it means, how it is, what it's like to be a local politician in County Wicklow in Ireland. Talk to you all soon. Take care. I between these 10 pages.